Welcome to the audio podcast of Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's Holy Word. Welcome to Dwell in the Word. Today is Wednesday. It is November 3rd. Today we continue through Acts chapter 2 and Peter's sermon at Pentecost. But first, a prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who of your tender love toward mankind has sent your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take upon him our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross, that all mankind should follow the example of his great humility, mercifully grant that we may both follow the example of his patience and also be made partakers of his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, as I said, we're going to be finishing Peter's sermon at Pentecost. So that has us in Acts chapter 2, chapter two verses 22 through verse 41. Hear the word of the Lord. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would not set one of his descendants on that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Now that right there is a sermon. What fantastic words from the Apostle Peter about who Jesus is and what he has done. Let's take a look at a few things here and look at the big picture of what is going on. Uh, We see verse 23. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Notice what 
Peter is saying here, that this was the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, that this was the plan that the Messiah would suffer. Go back to Isaiah 53, a very well-known passage. It talks about the suffering of the one who is going to come, right? We know this. This is not a surprise. Now, we look throughout the Gospels, and the apostles don't seem to think much of this idea of Jesus suffering before it happens when he warns them that it is coming. But now that they are on the other side of the story of redemption, now that they are on the other side of the resurrection and of the ascension, and now that they have the Holy Spirit, Peter gets it, right? This is the same Peter who told Jesus there was no way he was going to let him suffer. Uh, This is the Peter who uh, cut the guard's ear off with a sword, right? He wasn't going to let him suffer. But now he's saying this was a definite plan and foreknowledge of God that he was going to save his people. And so what does Peter see as the significance of this event? There's a lot here, uh, but I want to focus on one thing in verse 34 and the early part of verse 35 here. Uh, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstools. Now, are you a footstool? Now, this is the most quoted verse in the New Testament from the Old Testament. It's Psalm 110, verse 1. And the idea here is that the Messiah that is prophesied in the Old Testament, and specifically here in Psalm 110, he is ascended. He is a king at the Father's right hand. And the point that Peter is making is that there's all these prophecies about David and about um, and about these things of his descendants in the Old Testament. But, but Peter says... David saw decay. David died. His tomb is still with us, he says earlier in this passage. So it must have been about the Messiah. It must have been about this one. And and basically Peter is saying, look at this. Look at this story that was told in the Old Testament. Clearly what has happened to Jesus is what was to happen to the Messiah. And so this is the one who can save you. This is the story of your salvation. And so we see in verse 37 that the Holy Spirit is at work in the crowd, right? Because it says they hear all this and they realize who Jesus is and they're cut to the heart. And so they want to know what do they do. And Peter gives them clear instructions. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is an important thing. They are to turn away from their sin. And now... Peter is calling them to receive the covenant sign of the new covenant, this idea of baptism and and being washed. And notice what it says here in verse 39, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Now, this is important. I bring this up quite often, don't I? Uh, When I'm preaching about this idea of uh, of God being a guide to us and to our children, the idea here is that this is the new covenant, that God is going to be the God of his people, and this is going to continue, and he promises to be a God not only to you, but to your children. And notice what else it says, to those who are far off. Who are those that are far off? Well, it's you and I. You and I were far off. Uh, historically, the promise of God came down to us. The promise was far off for us when Peter was speaking these words. But the gospel went forth and we came to faith. And how else were you and I far off? We were far off ethnically. We were not, or we're not Hebrew people, most of us. I don't know if anyone listening to me today is of Hebrew lineage. But we were far off ethnically, but yet God brought us into the family of God. Because of what Jesus has done, it doesn't matter who we are uh, by our ethnicity, 
uh, as we looked at earlier uh, this week on Monday, it doesn't matter if you are young or old, male or female, rich or poor, you have been brought near. Even if you were far off, through what Christ has done, God has brought us near. And this promise is for us and for our children. And so we continue to tell the story. We continue to proclaim the gospel. And who is this for? More specifically, at the end of this verse, I left it off on purpose. It's everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. This isn't about you and I figuring out this amazing story of of God on our own or you and I being smart and being able to say, hey, we figured out God and so now we have earned salvation on our own. No, this is about the one whom the Lord our God calls to himself, uh, even those who are far off. Even those who are far off can still receive salvation. Why? Because it's God doing the work. The Lord calls them to himself, even from a great distance, even across time, across generations, across ethnicities, God calls his people to himself. What good news this is. And notice just how awesome this news was received because of the work of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. So those who received his word were baptized and they were at, there were added that day about 3,000 souls. The church is growing here in Acts and that's important. We want to follow that as we go through the story of the early church here. God is bringing people to faith and the church is growing all for the purpose that Christ might be glorified and that the word may be spread out that more and more people would come to faith. Let us go to prayer. Train God. We thank you that our crucified Lord was raised, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. And we are grateful that this gives us a freedom to walk in confidence, knowing that eternal life is not only promised to us, but guaranteed because we have a Savior who has defeated death. Today we lift up the missionaries that our congregation supports in our nation and all over the globe. We pray that they would proclaim the pure gospel with power and with clarity that others may hear and believe the good news of Jesus Christ. And today we remember the ministry of Cornerstone Prison Church at the South Dakota State Penitentiary. We lift up those who serve in the ministry there, grant them wisdom as they seek to reach that place with the gospel. And we also pray for our brothers who are members of the church there and ask that you would be their source of strength and endurance. And we pray that you would embolden them to proclaim the gospel to those that they come into contact with each day. Help us, O Lord, to step into your world today with a desire to serve you. Help us to see those that we can love and serve. And may the gospel of Christ be on our lips that people may know that our love for them flows from your love for us. We pray this all. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. I hope you have a very excellent Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Dwell in the Word. You can find more information about First Reformed Church at our website, edgertonfrc.org. Dwell in the Word episodes are available weekdays on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also watch the video versions of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel.